Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick begins a message entitled, Lost and Found. In Luke 15, Jesus taught three parables, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son, otherwise known as the prodigal son. In this message, Brother Rick uses these three accounts to show how God the Father reaches out to the wayward, the lost, and the religious and sinners to make himself known. No matter which category we fit in, it's the restorative power of the Holy Spirit and love of the Father and Son that bring us into right relationship again. It's a timely message of love and grace for today. This message was taught at his home church at Christian Fellowship Ministries in Benton, Kentucky. On this broadcast, Brother Rick takes us to Luke 15 for all three of these stories, about the sheep, the coin, and the prodigal son. Then he teaches us the three ways that the Father reacts when those who reject him come home, and two of four lessons to learn about the Father's love from these three parables. And now, here's Brother Rick. If you study sheep, you'll find out when they put the sheep on their shoulders, right before they put it on their shoulders, they break the sheep's leg to keep the sheep from wandering off. (laughs) So though this looks like a loving, compassionate thing, the shepherd has just broke his leg, put him around his neck. How many of you know a broken leg will help you not to wander off too quickly? See, sometimes there's ramifications for foolish decisions. And yes, the Lord loves us. And yes, the Lord redeems us. But how many of you know that sometimes people go out and sow wild oats and come into church and pray for crop failure and pray that they'll never reap what they sow? How many of you know there's repercussions to our decisions that can lead us foolishly into danger? The sheep was foolish and the shepherd placed him on his shoulders because he had broken his leg but yet in this look like painful moment he begins to rejoice you know why it's better to have a broken leg around the neck of the shepherd than it is to be foolishly lost in danger see there's actually three sons that's going to be spoken about in this story there's the younger son there's the elder son and there's the eldest son jesus who is actually sharing the story. He's revealing the heart of the Father. The Father loves us. You need to understand the Father loves you. Even when you're stupid, He still loves you. Aren't you glad of that? Aren't you glad that you don't have to be brilliant for Him to love you? God, the Father rejoices. I was thinking as you were singing this morning, He's a good, good Father. I was just blown away by that that the Holy Spirit would just orchestrate a service because he wants you to know he loves you. And he rejoices over you even when you do foolish things because he's happy when the wayward find their way. But that's not all. There's a second story. Wow. It's a lost coin. Now, the lost coin was lost, but it was lost in the house. It wasn't lost in the woods. It was lost carelessly. See, sometimes we make foolish decisions. Other times we make careless decisions. Somebody 
didn't value that coin enough to cautiously watch over it. Foolishness swept in. I want you to look at how the father responds. See, it required some light. Sometimes he may break your leg. Other times he may give you a word. Because it wasn't a foolish decision. It was something careless you did. And if he doesn't give us revelation, remember, we'll do the same careless thing over and over and over again. But the Father loves us. He gave light so that the next thing could happen. It would lead to cleansing of the whole house. See, Jesus is speaking about the wayward that's outside in danger. He's speaking about the careless that's inside the house who carelessly loses the understanding and we end up in the dark sitting in the house of God, drifting away from what we know to be truth and reality. And our carelessness in our life causes us to equally be lost. See, Jesus had just spoken to the sheep that were wayward and all the religious people said, Amen. <laughs> Jesus said, just a moment, I'm not through with my parable. Because, see, there's some in the house that are equally lost. They're lost in darkness. Boy, we're living in a world that don't know right from wrong, or apparently they act like they do. Not know the How many of you know there's a difference in what's right and what's wrong? No matter who's right or who's wrong, it's still the same. Truth doesn't change. I said truth doesn't change. And the light led to the cleansing of the house. Let's go on to look at this. Repentance was necessary. How many of you know repentance is not just a changing of your ways, it's a changing of your direction. <laughs> so many people understand the power of forgiveness, but they don't understand the power of repentance. The word repentance comes from a compound Greek word, metanoia. It means a change of your mind that results in a change of your direction. Boy, inside the church, we practice forgiveness, but many times we don't repent. Most people don't know the difference between forgiveness and repentance. Repentance has to do with an act, or forgiveness has to do with an act. Repentance has to do with a change of direction. When we were kids, we used to have this prayer that if my mother would have heard us, she would have beat the hide off of us. But it was about forgiveness. It went like this. Lord, have mercy on my soul. How many watermelons have I stole? Two last night and two before. And I'm going back tonight to steal four more. How many of you know that may be forgiveness, but that's not repentance? If it's not resulting in a change of your actions, you're just asking God to forgive you while you're planning to steal four more watermelons. I know people live like this. Lord, forgive me for what I'm doing, what I'm planning to do, and what I'm going to do tomorrow. Jesus is speaking to us about a love of a father that requires us to repent based on an illuminated word that he would give us so that he can restore us and look at the response. The father again rejoices when the careless align themselves with truth. But there's one more story I want to share with you today and it's the story of the son's we lay it off on the younger son. But the first part of the parable was to the lost that was lost foolishly. 
wayward sinners. The second part of the parable was for those that were lost inside the house in the dark because of their carelessness. But the third was a combination to the religious that were in the crowd and to the sinners. Let's look at this story. The father didn't search for either one. Does that mean he didn't love them like he loved the sheep or the corn? No, 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 no. You have to understand that he's teaching them, hoping that as he delivers each one of these dimensions of his love, that they begin to move based on his love, and he doesn't have to run them down the corn or the sheep. The father doesn't search for them either one. Let's look at the second thing that happens. The father loved both of the sons equally. See, the Bible says that he divided his living among them, not among the younger. See, the younger was saying to the father, you're just as well as dead to me. Give me my inheritance. But you need to understand that in that system, the elder son got a double portion because it was his job to care for the home. And so the father also gave him his inheritance. You know, the sad part of the story is neither one of them understood the love of the father. The one who wasted his inheritance and the one who still thought he could earn it by working. Let's look at the next point because it's a real important point to make. Each had the choice and they reacted differently. See, not everybody responds the same to the love of God. Some people use the love of God to cover their sinful life. They believe in grace so much that they live like the devil. They're looking and holding everything on that last moment of grace. You know people like that? I have people like that in my family. Oh, they believe in God. They're going to give their life to Jesus someday. But not until I do it all my way. They reacted differently. Let's look at what happens. One focused on working, one focused on partying. <laughs> Boy, don't that describe the inside and the outside of the church. Some thinks because they show up every Sunday that God's great and on perfect attendance. They don't understand the love of God any more than those that are away from it. I paused for an amen that didn't come. It was kind of lonely up here. Both had everything they would ever need at their disposal. The father had adequately provided everything they would ever need, but through it all, they never recognized his love. That's what I'm going to talk about next week, the love of God. I don't think I've understood it either. I find myself vacillating between these two sons' perspectives, sometimes willfully walking away from what I know he's wanting me to do other times, thinking I can make up for it by something I did. No understanding that God never changed. The only thing is changing is my perspective of him. How does a father respond when they come home? Put it up on the wall. He welcomes them both to celebrate. See, the father rejoices when the willing, those that willingly reject them come back to life. God wants you to be the life of the party. I said, God wants you to be the life of the party. <laughs> God wants you to be the center of his attention. 
the objective of his deliverance, redemption. Centers on you. You're the apple of his eye. Wow, that's hard for me to imagine. See, some are lost foolishly. Everybody say foolishly. And the Father rejoices when they find their way. Some are lost carelessly. Everybody say carelessly. And the Father rejoices when they come to truth. But most are lost willingly. And the Father rejoices when they come to life. See, there's some things we need to take away from the story. I'm looking at my watch. You know what that means? Not a thing. I can't do it like Richie in 20 minutes. But I'm going to give you some lessons to learn from there. Number one, through all these stories, the love of God is unchanging. How many of you know you can't do anything to make him love you more? You can't do anything to make him love you less. Boy, if you don't get a hold of anything, I say get a hold of that. His love's unchanging. Let's go to the second thing. He loves you enough to let you go. People say, why in the world would God let this happen in my life? Because he loves you enough that he's not trying to control you. He'll let you make your decision whether it's foolish, careless, or willing. He loves you enough to let you go. He loves you enough to welcome you back. <laughs> Isn't that great? He loves you enough to welcome you home. He doesn't bring up what you did that was so stupid, so careless, so willing. He forgives you and puts that away from you. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's afruitfullife.org. Thanks for listening.